Welcome to Mountain Mama's Misadventures, stories of mishap and adventure from women adventurers. Every woman has a story she can share, from the zany to the inspirational. Brought to you by Mountain Mama's, a non-profit women's adventure organization. Women empowering women to adventure. My name is Emily Hacken. And I'm Deborah Moore, and we are your hosts. And we're doing a special episode today, just as um, we were talking about a lot of gals have a hard time just getting outside in the wintertime. And we wanted to come up with some, we've come up with some cool tips and things that we do to get ourselves outside and also how to overcome just those winter blues that you can get. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whether you have actual seasonal affective disorder, which we'll touch on a little bit later, or if it's simply that... You just definitely find yourself feeling a little run down or upset that you don't get to get out as much as you would like, especially depending on where you're living, like where we are in Utah, where it gets so dark and it's maybe hard to get out enough or get those steps in, whatever it is that you're wanting to do. Yeah, I totally agree. I um, And I'm just glad we don't live in Alaska. Here's to all you ladies who yes. are north of us in any way. <laughs> Especially up near the Arctic Circle, like that is intense. We need you guys on our episode. <laughs> oh yeah, to hear your survival skills. Um, yeah, just like we had my my friend a while back, uh, Robin, talking about how basically in Alaska you hibernate, mm -hmm. <laughs> and we have <laughs> listeners all over the world actually. So all of you gals and and guys too, I guess anyone who's up north. Yes, cheers to you. Um, I think it's amazing because you can. I know that, like, the sun comes up for a, an hour or two in the middle of the winter, so <laughs> I'm sure you have many coping skills. So we're going to just share some of our thoughts and ideas. Um, first, I have a husband who moved up here from California, and so winter, they have winters in California, but he was more of a beach guy. So um, I, through some trial and error, I discovered that the two most important pieces of clothing that you need to have are uh, Sorel boots, or the equivalent, or duck boots, I guess. They're just boots that have um, a full rubber bottom um, with little treads, and it comes up about mid-calf, and they just have the little ties in the front. Mm -hmm. But anyway, the nicest thing is that you can slip your foot in them in with no socks even if you have to just like stomp, stomp around in the snow. And then also my favorite, and, 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 and they'll be good with, um, you can put crampons, not crampons, but micro spikes on them for hiking. If you get ones that are well fit to your feet, I've been tromping in ones that are like two sizes too big, but they've totally worked fine. But that, yeah, you can put snowshoes on them. You can put um, micro spikes, some other stuff on them to get you out. But just having those boots just mm. make winter so much easier. Yeah. No, that's, and that's actually good. I'm like listening to these notes too, because I still have <laughs> really cheap, cute pink camo snow boots that are really wide around. I mean, like if I go too deep in the snow, all the snow's going right down oh, right. into my into my snow boot. And so I know I need better ones that actually are close. Like, I don't know. They keep my feet warm until I get into deep snow. Right. And then some all bets of them, are off. That's a great point. Some of them will have a little cinch at the top of the boot. And that's a good one. If you can get that, like a little elastic cord or something that'll um, bring that in and help with that for sure. Mm -hmm. um, another tip on that is to have gaiters, which is something that maybe, you know, if you've got snow pants and your snow pants can go over the tops of those, that's fine. And that's easy, the easiest way to do it. But yeah. another thing is, um, yeah. If and you it's get spelled G-A-T. G-A-I-T-E-R-S, gaiters. Oh, okay. <laughs> and it goes, it's just a piece of material, um, like a Gore-Tex that wraps around your leg um, and has a strap that goes under your boot. 
And then it usually has like a Velcro. So it wraps around your leg and Velcros together, if that makes sense, in okay. the front. Um, and then that just kind of wraps around. It kind of covers the gap between your snow pants and your boots and keeps stuff from um, snow from getting in there. Yeah, gaiters are a lifesaver, especially mm. with any kind of snow that's over your boot. Yeah. Yes. And, and you can get those cheap. You can get them nice, whatever. But yeah, those are lifesavers. And then I would say the second thing um, that I told my husband was to get a nice puffy coat. And I'm not a fan of the synthetic material. I think they're cute looking, but they're not going to be, um, they're just not as warm. If any of you guys have ever slept in a synthetic sleeping bag versus a down sleeping bag, there's a huge difference. Oh, that's good to know. And so um, a down puffy coat is awesome. And I, if you, you know, when I first started, I just got a big, big one. And that was good for all the things I needed to do in the wintertime. Um, like an 850 fill would be what I'd recommend. Um, but you can also get, um, if you have a huge puffer, then that's awesome. And then also, if you want to go and get a, something that's even a little thinner, the mid light, the midweight puffy coat is also really nice. Because that's just like, you know, when it's not super freezing outside, but okay. it just feels nice and cozy. I feel like I could wear like shorts, a t-shirt, and then have my puffy coat and my boots, and I would be totally fine with most of the what winter throws at me. <laughs> I love it. And and this is coming from someone who really does kind of throw themselves in, like you really do, throw yourself into all the things that winter can can throw at you. So I love that. And you'll find out with your puffy coat, I have to say, they're not hardcore um, resistant, like to snagging. And so a lot of them, after a few years, you'll get cuts and tears and stuff. And okay. I've lost feathers out of sections of my puffy coat. And then, of course, they're ineffective in that section. So um they have little patches that you can get, and I highly suggest grabbing a little a little kit for those. And then you just kind of just um, iron them on, and that way you can keep. You know, in a pinch, we've done duct tape. <laughs> it doesn't look sexy, but it can do it. Well, when you're in a huge puffy coat, is sexy really the look you're going <laughs> yeah. for? I'm true. <laughs> you're like, I am warm. This matters, <laughs> and I don't mind having my silver duct tape patches All right. on. All right. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to derail for just a second, just because you're mentioning the coat, because I once took, um, I used to be a Girl Scout leader, and I took all my girls up, and I was like, okay, everybody, make sure you've got your snow pants and your, you know, and your snow boots, and I didn't even know about the importance of wool socks back then, but just like, you know, your coats, your jacket, so you have two layers, everything, so I get there, and guess who had no coat? I left my coat. My kid had a coat. All the other kids had coats. I totally left. Yeah, I totally left mine, which is fine. It actually ended up being okay because we were doing sledding and we were going up and down the mountain so much that pretty soon I was fine anyway because my snow pants are super warm. Mm -hmm. But it was just kind of hilarious where I was like the leader and I'm like, okay. <laughs> Yeah, that's always how it Drove works out. all the way up to the mountain not thinking, I don't have a coat on. <laughs> I've gone camping without uh, a sleeping bag before. I had that same realization. I feel like it makes you a stronger person. It does. <laughs> um, okay, so those are the two points. Get a puffy, get your Sorel boots or the equivalent mm -hmm. duck boot. And then um, for traction in the snow, I would say, honestly, a lot of your trails that you love in the summertime are just as fine in the wintertime. Barring avalanche danger, so that is something that you would want to pay attention to, and that's a whole other thing. But um, if you've got low elevation hikes with not a lot of steep slopes above you, and they're well wooded, you know, generally you're going to be okay. Um, 
but a lot of your trails will be used a lot in the wintertime and they're packed down. And so, you know, people think, oh, in the wintertime, I'm going to be snowshoeing every time I go out. And if you're lucky and live somewhere where you've got tons of snow that's dumping all the time, then that might be the case. But most of us are going to be hiking either on maybe slushy snow and slushy wet snow. You can actually just hike with your duck boots, your sorrels, whatever like that, your winter boots, you'll be just fine. Um, and then if you um, have any icy trails, I love micro spikes. Those were a game changer last year. Mm -hmm. And they're like $15, $25 on Amazon or wherever you want to get them. And they're just little spikes that um, go, uh, it's, like a, it's like a rubber, I don't know, frame? It's work? like getting your shoes snow tires. Yeah, that's probably a good way to... It really is. So you put your boot, up, it goes up, rubber goes up and around your boot and attaches, and then there's spikes on the bottom. Anyway, but the nice thing is that it just makes, you just feel invincible. You can just start hiking on icy trails and it doesn't matter, and you can go up slopes and all this sort of jazz. So I would totally invest in some micro spikes, just because especially they're not expensive, and you're, you're going to use them way more than your snowshoes, I think. And yeah. then if you do want to get snowshoes, everyone loves to play in the powder, they're the best for those powder days. Or if you just want to start hiking off trail a little bit, wintertime, you don't have to worry about um, making a lot of these social trails that we do in the summertime as much. You still want to be careful, of course, but um, I love to like hike up a trail and then with my snowshoes, um, take a different way down through the meadow or, you know, be care being careful, of course, of avalanche danger. But um, but yeah, it's and super bring fun. a friend in case you get lost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's another episode from back in the day. <laughs> But um, yeah, and then snowshoes, um, they, you can ask anyone who sells snowshoes what sizes. Generally, you know, a mid-size is good for an average person. If you're going to be doing backpacking, you want bigger snowshoes. If you've got little kids, you want small ones. On our website, on mountainmamas.org, under gear, um, go down to starter packs and snowshoeing, and it has all the stuff you would need to know about snowshoeing and anything. But anyway, Yay. that would be my tips on traction and, and how to get out there. Yeah, one stop and you have all the things. Yeah. Um, and of course, really quick shout out, do get good thermals. Oh yeah, insulating. And we have, there is um, a training video on layering for winter. We highly suggest um, listening to that. And um, that's on the website as well under trainings. And then just go to skills um, and it would be past online trainings. And click, yeah, click on skills and then it'll take you to winter layering. And that'll have a, all these tips. But essentially, the idea is that in the wintertime, you want to wear synthetic. Cotton is rotten. Nothing on your body mm -hmm. should be cotton. That includes underwear and socks, FYI. Um, you want to have synthetic material that when you, if you start to sweat, it's going to pull the heat uh, or not pull the moisture away from you instead of the heat. And then you want to layer lots. And anytime you start sweating, you want to take off some of those layers. You always want to keep on a thin insulating layer as a base. And then you're going to have your or a thin liner, and then you'll have your insulating layers like fleeces and puffy coats and whatever else you want. And then your outer layer is a shell, a waterproof, windproof shell. So those three um, layers, a liner and then insulating stuff and then a shell is how you protect yourself in the winter. So there's a whole, um, yeah, training YouTube video on that. So, but yeah, you're totally right. So a couple, some of the other tips I wanted to share was um, if you're going to be, if you're hiking with um, poles in the summertime, then you switch out your baskets. There's a thing on the bottom of your poles you may not know. Um, a lot of yours have little screws that you can screw on like a little ski basket. So that way when you're hiking in the wintertime, your poles will go like down three feet. 
Huh. And that's kind of helps. So it turns them in essentially into um, ski poles. And if you want to just use ski poles, you can do that too. But yeah, you just want your ski pole, your little hiking pole going all the way to the ground. <laughs> and then some of my other favorite things are bring a thermos with hot whatever you drink. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. I love to do like a little hot beverage and then a hot soup or chili. That's my favorite. And then I can go hiking all day long. And I just have that to keep my core warm. And then I would say for little, a lot of the times, Debbie's going to talk a little bit about the darkness and things, but you can hike in the darkness. We take hike gals and do evening hikes in the wintertime and just pack a headlamp with some extra batteries. Um, Make sure you bring the hand warmers. And I always recommend, same with skiing, is I open all the hand warmers for me and my kids and whoever when we get out of the house and into the car. And I would throw each of those the op- open ones and put them in all the gloves and all your boots. And that way, when you get to the trailhead, then they're finally warm and you'll get some benefit on your hike. And then um, I have for the, so those are my tips for hands, keeping hands warm. And then for feet, we have some gals that have rain odds and just poor circulation. And the things that have really worked well for them are to use a neoprene booty tip it's like a two it's called a toe cover made out of neoprene okay and Erin our gear guru has tried them on top of her socks or like inside her sock or on top she says she kind of has about the same response as far as warmth but the idea is this keeps your toes a lot warmer even more than probably you could throw a toe warmer in there the hand warmers you know but those neoprene covers just add an extra layer of warmth that have really been a lifesaver for some of our gals. Oh, yeah. Well, and if you, as soon as your feet are cold, trip's over. Like, <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> right? Like, even if you're willing to, like, stay in there, it still feels like, I'm done. So that's so awesome. All right, yeah. So I'm going to talk a little bit more about the darkness and the seasonal affective disorder, whether you have it or not, Um, just how that darkness can affect people. So number one thing is getting that light so you can use a uv light when you're looking for one it's there's so many on the market but like usually a happy light is what it's usually called (laughs) which is cute and fun or but anything that says light therapy one of my friends lives up in washington and that's actually one of the things that her mom brought her and like sent her she's like oh it's so dark up there here you go have this light and she it helps her so much and it really does change how your body feels, and it really can just kind of brighten you up as far as how you feel. And then, like Emily said, you can get out when it's cold, even if you're getting out is, you know, walking around the neighborhood, but you're concerned about ice. Yeah, like I said, use those little crampons on your boots. The micro spikes. Yeah, yeah. the micro spikes. I actually, I know a cute gal, a senior gal, she uses something like that. It's not quite the same, but she uses that. Just when she's crossing, like, parking lots. <laughs> she's so cute. Good for her. Yeah, but she's like, she's like, I'm 89. I don't want to slip. <laughs> you know, and so she puts those on and then takes them right off once she gets into the building. Loves it. Because, yeah, one thing you don't want to do is you don't want to feel restricted. And you don't have to. That's kind of what we're, what we're saying. Um, as I was thinking of this, though, I don't even know why I thought of this. But just because... I hope that you guys are able to enjoy and love winter in the snow if you are in an area where you have that. Um, I have chickens, and they do not love the snow. It's so funny. They'll stand (laughs) at the edge of the snow, and they will yell at the snow, and they will yell at me, and they will yell at the snow. (laughs) And they will puff up. It's almost like they're like, have you seen what's out here? It's wet. We don't like it. Make it go away. So hopefully you're not feeling that same way. I know we actually love the snow. It's 
I don't know. Like, it gets us excited. It's my favorite season. I know that's weird. I get super sad when it melts. Yeah. Right? (laughs) Like, for me, it's the restrictive aspect is when it gets hard, but it's the same in July. In July, when it gets really hot, I can feel that same way if I don't feel like I can get out because it's too hot. Mm -hmm. Whereas with winter, like I said, there's so many ways to get out. One thing also is just seeing nature. It really does take care of your soul. So whether you're able to just get out or go on a drive, even having lovely pictures of nature around in your house and looking at them will help how you feel. It actually helps your soul. That's an awesome idea. Yeah, they've actually kind of showed that in places where it wasn't necessarily safe at that time. Like maybe there's a blizzard or whatever. They've actually done studies and shown that it just seeing nature, mm-hmm. it helps. Um, and it helps people to connect that seeing that nature. Um, and it can be something from the current season or it can be, you know, something bright and green, whatever. It mm-hmm. connects to your soul really can help. You can um, even do like a nature screensaver on your computer. Yeah. I mean, just simple things. Yeah. 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 Like there's so many ways, so many ways you could implement it. And then, um, yeah, one of our friends and also another lead guide, Charlene Evans, she was so funny because she was talking about, we were talking about this season and I was saying how it can affect me when it gets so dark. And she's like, yeah, it gets hard when it's dark, but it's my favorite time to trail run. <laughs> so... <laughs> this like kind of boggles my mind. So please keep in mind, you want to be safe if you're going to be doing any trail running, of course. But what she loves is because then it's not so blastedly hot. Mm-hmm. And so she can actually get out there and run, which actually I do connect with because I, if I'm going to run and I'm not much of a runner, but if I'm going to run, I would rather it be cold, encouraging me to warm up <laughs> rather right. than it's warm. And then I'm like, oh, I'm done. Yeah, 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 Absolutely. So, like, for me, I totally, it just, I don't know, it seems so wild because I was like, what? That doesn't seem safe. And she was like, no. So, like I said, for our listeners, if you've never done trail running, please do this with, like, a guide, you know, or something like that. Or at least a buddy. And a buddy system. But those micro spikes will totally work on trail running shoes. And if you're out there on a day that's, you know, pretty decent and not a lot of precipitation and it's a packed down trail, you know, I see tons of people out there running. And you just get on your, like, liner, your top and bottom liners on a little fleece, and you can just go forever. It feels so good. Mm. So, yeah. I Yeah, big shout out for that. And that crisp air. I mean, there's so much beauty and wonder about the snow and the winter, and that's what we want you to be able to experience and enjoy, rather than feeling like you need to be trapped indoors or anything like that. That You can actually get out and really just... Enjoy this because there are so many fun things um, we touched on. So trail running and then snowshoeing, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, I am not currently a skier, but I know that, Emily, you love uh-huh. skiing. and Yeah, cross-country skiing, downhill skiing, up, um, alpine touring when I'm feeling awesome and in fit and shape. and <laughs> So what is alpine touring? Oh, yeah, yeah. So um, we would love to take some of you gals to go do that. Um, sorry about the dogs, though. Those are our dogs. They're great Pyrenees dogs. So if you and... hear any dogs <laughs> barking, we they're two adorable. Pyrenees. <laughs> they're outside, but... They have found a cat. Who knows? Anyway, we can only do so much. But anyway, um, so alpine touring skiing. So you have um, alpine skiing that is just skiing downhill at your ski resorts. Mm-hmm. And you've got cross-country or Nordic skiing, which is kind of usually on the flatter surfaces. And then um, alpine touring and telemark skiing are two ways of... Getting up into the mountains, it's considered backcountry skiing, generally. Oh, okay. And so this is getting out of the ski resorts, but still getting up into those high mountains. Um, 
And both of them, you put some, these they're called skins that you put on the bottom of your skis. It's kind of like, a, they used to be seal skins. Um, and where they, they smooth in one direction and then the hairs catch in the other direction. So that helps you go up the mountain and then they catch on the snow. So your skis can just, you know, kind of stomp up the mountain and then you'll get to the top of wherever you want to go and then take the skins off and then you ski down. And the boots, um, on both of those, the heel goes up and down like it does in cross country skis. And then with Alpine touring, you can lock it down for the way down. So it'd just be like a downhill boot binding and then for telemark it stays up open um your heel it's called free heel um but anyway they that's a totally different kind of turn but anyway mm-hmm. yeah that is like mm-hmm. a cool other thing and i just have to do a shout out for anyone who does go play out in the snow this year um winter especially doing backcountry snowshoeing cross-country snowmobiling all that kind of stuff is um definitely get some avalanche training one of our favorite we have a lot of our all our assistant guides who have to do anything in the winter time are required to do um, just an avalanche awareness class. It's like the first level. And um, they have a really good online video that you can check out. It's like 42 minutes on, um, it's a website called Know Before You Go. Um, you can, it's uh, K as in kitten, um, B as in boy, Y, go, G, <laughs> dot org. <laughs> But anyway, it's a great way to just kind of like open your eyes. It's a first level to kind of get, you know, just so you're aware of where you're at in the winter and, and to not be intimidated. Be aware that there's avalanche danger out there. But um, I think when you know a little bit about avalanches, it'll keep you safer and you can go, okay, I've got three trails to choose from uh, and I can make a good decision on the best one for me to go. And you feel confident and you feel safer that way, you know? Mm-hmm. So anyway, shout out for that. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And another thing is that, lovely solitude that the winter brings like it's almost like I feel like when the snow falls it's almost like this little blanket like the whole like nature has just told everyone just hush (laughs) but like in a sweet way which I love and of course you know like sledding all that good stuff is there too (laughs) and then and then this will be the first year that Mountain Mom is or I don't think we did last year but I'm doing the actual ice climbing oh I we did it do it last year we did okay we partner with another group called 12 Finger Guides yeah and we do ice climbing at an ice, uh, there's a canyon nearby, and it's a beautiful, it's called Stairway to Heaven, and yeah, I'd highly recommend. Eventually, in a few years, we'll have ice climbing guides of our own, but right now, we're just kind of borrowing those guys, and they're super nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are going to do ice rappelling this year, Whoa. and all that is, is rappelling. We do a rappel off a uh, waterfall in the summertime, and in the wintertime, it freezes, and so we put on our micro cleat, micro spikes, and we just rappel the same thing, and it's super fun. So that'll be something new this year. And that's something if you're in an area where there is waterfalls and, you know, you can set up an anchor. It's so fun. Um, just being aware of ice falls. Be responsible, of course. <laughs> but it's, uh, that was a trippy. We just discovered that last year. That was super fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the limit is the sky, my friends. There are so many cool ways you can really get out, enjoy the season, and have it be something you're excited about. And I had one other thing, like Debbie was talking about the solitude. If you don't like the crowds, winter is for you. And my favorite by far is to snowshoe or hike or with micro spikes in the winter at night. It is mm. amazing. You will have that trail to yourself. It is quiet. You get the stars above you and you'll be surprised at how warm you are because you're hiking, you know? And I, I would say like, if you want a full moon, the moon, or even if you've got um, light pollution from your cities, it reflects off the snow and you'll be hiking in sh- with, sh- with shadows. Like it's the craziest thing. And, and a lot of times I don't even use a headlamp when I've got a good, decent moon 
and it the, the reflects off the snow and it's just magical. Like there's mm. nothing like it. Yeah. And you might even be able to hear an owl. Who knows? <laughs> oh, you just <laughs> Oh, that's a joke. We have to tell you, we took some kids. As one of our activities was, did you? Co- yeah, you yeah, came yeah. It was my kids. <laughs> they loved. That. We wanted to do a snowshoe with owls and finding owls at a neighborhood or one of our trails that were nearby. And um, there were no owls out that night, as as you guys know, wildlife doesn't like to keep a schedule. And so mm-hmm. we took these kids around this lake, heard nothing. And so one of our friends was like. Well, we have recordings of owls, and so we totally, I still feel guilty about this. We hid the microphone <laughs> and had him run a little ways ahead and play it, and the kids were like, who are the owls? <laughs> I don't it's okay. It was magical. <laughs> My kids will find out when they listen to this episode. Oh, they don't know yet. <laughs> I still feel bad about that. Oh, no. Actually, yeah. Oh, but it was so fun, and the crazy thing is about that activity is before we left, we were just sitting in the car as the snow was falling around, and that was, like, just, just hanging around, making, like, shadow puppets, and my oldest still talks about that. Like, can we Aww. just drive up and make shadow puppets? <laughs> we have all the technology, but nothing compares with nature. And, I know. And just time with, you know, with other people. Even if in the wintertime you're in a warm parking lot playing with your kids, drinking hot cocoa, if all you can do is just drive up a canyon and sit and have hot cocoa in your car, that's fine. Like, it's I a consider win. that a win. <laughs> Well, that's awesome. Thank you. We can thank each other since we don't aren't guests. We don't have a guest today. But thank you guys for coming with us today. Um, I just want to do a shout out. We've been watching um, where you all been listening from. And we've got new listeners from Russia, from Australia, from Canada. You guys did your first. We've heard that just came up in the last few weeks. And of course, North, North America and Europe. And we're just grateful for everyone and wherever you're listening. Yeah, that's so amazing. Love, love it. Um, and so thank you so much. To hear more fun, inspiring stories, then you can go ahead and make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast in whatever way you need to be. And definitely check out our website. You just heard today some of the amazing things that you can find there, including tips about gear and everything. But that is Mountain Mamas, M-T-M-A-M-A-S dot And that's it for today's adventure. Join us next time. And as always, remember, a woman's place is in the mountains.